Good morning. Our scripture this morning is from Matthew 6, 25 through 33. Therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you shall eat or what you shall drink, nor about your body, what you shall put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And which of you, by being anxious, can add one cubic to his span of life? And why are you anxious about your clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow shall be thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O men of little faith? Therefore, do not be anxious. Therefore, do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek ye first the kingdom and his righteousness, and all shall be yours as well. May God bless the reading of this scripture. So as I said earlier, we're, uh, November is stewardship month here at First Baptist Church. And uh, we have been talking about stewardship. We've been talking specifically about giving to the church, giving of our time, giving of our talent. And really we've been talking about giving of our our treasure as well, our money and our resources. And uh, the first week, uh, you know, uh, Shannon Ellis uh, encouraged us to step out in faith and to recognize that God will provide and that it is an act of faith to give a portion of our resources over uh, to the work of the church and that uh, and that it takes a, a certain amount of security in God's ability to take care of us in order to do that. And uh, Shannon talked about how she was reluctant to do that, but her husband encouraged her nonetheless and uh, uh, how they do step out in faith in that. Last week, we, we talked about the very practical questions of why even bother giving to this institution. And you all came up with incredible answers as to why one might support, with their time, talent, and treasure, First Baptist Church. And all of, we listed a lot of the ministries and the incredible things that this this uh, little church on a hill, well, it's not so little, is it? But uh, this congregation on a hill does uh, to support the kingdom of God and to transform the city we live in for the good. And this week, I want to continue to talk about, uh, talk about giving and talk about stewardship. And this week, I want to talk about how it directly affects our relationship with God that it really has to do with the spiritual discipline uh, that draws us close to God and draws us into a deep and meaningful relationship with God. Also, uh, how it helps us with our relationship with our money and the, and the things that we take care of. Tithing, it's not an easy subject for us to talk about. Um, particularly in our culture, money is kind of a personal issue, so people don't like to talk about their their finances 
Also, I got to say, for a lot of people, it just feels so superficial to be talking about money in church. I mean, when we're talking about you know, God of the universe, the creator of everything, the, the spirit of God that binds us one to another, uh, that has come in, you know, that has been a part of the, the world since the beginning, and Jesus, who for 2,000 years has been celebrated in church, it seems like something so worldly to talk about. Not to mention that it seems like everybody wants our money these days, right? Uh, it's hard, uh, it's hard to pick up the phone or to go to the mailbox without finding someone uh, trying to encourage you. And there, you know, the thing about the, all of that is, is when I go to the mailbox and I get all these requests for money, I think, this is a great thing. I would love to give to that. And I get them in my email box and I keep thinking, this is great. I would love to give to that. And pretty soon I've got like a million things that I think are great that I would love to, I would love to give to. So it, we're kind of inundated with all of that. And here it is in the church of wealth as well. But the truth of the matter is that money plays such an important role in our lives. And, it, and giving is such an important part of our faith journey that we must talk about it. In fact, we must talk about it more than we do. Jesus certainly talked about it. Jesus talked about our relationship with our money almost as much as Jesus talked about any other subject. Certainly a lot more than personal piety and sin and all of those kinds of things. Jesus talked a lot more about our relationship with money than almost anything else in the Bible. And there's a reason for that. It's because the resources of our of our money and how we spend it really impacts our life and when we really talk about it and this is what this kind of faithful consumerism conversation has been about when we really think about it and we really talk about it the way we spend our money not only affects our life but it affects the lives of people around us as well in many different ways so as we come together today to talk about tithing uh, I want to, again, approach it as, f- as from the angle of our spiritual connection with God and how important it is. Because tithing, ultimately, it's not about money. It's really about keeping it real. It's about, it's about where we put our heart and our soul. And often our money follows where we put our heart and our soul. We put our money into things that we love. Where our treasure is, there our heart will be also, is something Jesus said. And tithing is a, is a discipline that kind of reflects where our heart is. Uh, it reflects our connection and our trust and our faith in God to come and to say, I'm, I'm giving a portion of my resource, God, to you, for you to use as you will. Uh, But it's even more important just the act of saying this is something I'm handing over to you uh, for you to manage and take care of. Tithing is a discipline that reflects God's grace in our life. 2 Corinthians 8 says this, Just as you excel in everything, in faith, in speech, in knowledge, in complete earnestness, see that you also excel in the grace of giving. It's this, it's this notion that Paul has as he's writing to the church in Corinth. And he's, he's talking about another church that was a dirt poor church that gave beyond its means. And Jesus said they were happy to do that. Or, or Paul said. Paul said they were happy to do that 
because it brought into them such joy to be able to contribute to the kingdom of God in this way. It was a grace. It was a blessing that God gave them in order to be able to return a thanksgiving offering to God. And they were anxious to do it. They were eager to do it. They scrambled over each other to, to, to uh, contribute their resources to the church. And Paul is encouraging the church at Corinth to excel in the grace of giving. What a grace that is to be able to say thank you to God in this way and contribute to the things that God is doing. Also, tithing reminds us of how important God is in our lives. It shows God our gratitude. It shows God that God is the first thing in our life. And it shows that we love God above all of our material things. And it is this gift of being able to contribute that, uh, it, that really kind of nurtures our relationship with God in a meaningful way. And it points us to, a, to following God and acknowledges God as someone who nurtures the best within us. And I have, a, I have an illustration that kind of makes the point I'm trying to get to. And it's an illustration that came to me from a, a, uh, my mentor pastor when I was a minister in training. And we always called it the French fry illustration. And Pastor Clark passed away uh, in 2011. And uh, this, as I was preparing the sermon, I was really kind of missing Pastor Clark because uh, uh, I would like to call him up and say, I'm using your French fry illustration. And he would tease me about it because I used to make fun of him about it all the time. So, But at any rate, it, tithing is kind of like this. It's like, a, it's like a father and son going to McDonald's, much like Jack and I used to go. I used to take Jack and Virginia, for that matter. We would go to McDonald's a lot. And it, McDonald's is, I, I'm so grateful to McDonald's not because their food is good, but because they have those big giant gerbil cages uh, you know, for kids to run around in. And they're great because I could sit there and read my newspaper while they run amok in the, in the gerbil cage. And uh, then we'd have some french fries and go home. And it was great. But I might, you know, I might give Jack some, uh, some french fries. And you know, if I were on a diet, I wouldn't get any of my own. But Jack might sit there and, and go and be eating his fries, and I, I would go, can I have one? And he might go, no! Get your own, these are mine! And hold, you know, hold his fries away from me and not share with me. Well, you know, it's kind of a disappointing thing for a dad who's on a diet to not be able to get a french fry. And I would go, I might go, you know, I don't want them all, I just want one. <laughs> no! You get your own. And really, I could. I could go up and get my own. I could, you know, uh, I get all the fries I want. But uh, uh, he's holding those. And what I really want is for my son to share a little bit, right? And this, I think this really points to our relationship with God in regards to giving a portion of our resources. God, you know, first of all, to see God as our provider is an important thing to say. God, that is to say that God has given humanity everything it needs to live a whole and a blessed life. And it's clear we as, as a human race, we have not really embraced this yet. Yet if we as followers of Christ begin to realize that we indeed have all that we need and it is provided by God, we can start living into that idea. It says in James 1.17, every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights. 
And just like that dad gives this child what he needs, or even just good things like french fries, right? This dad gives the french fries, so the father is constant in his desire to bless us with whatever we need, you know? I was always happy to buy Jack some fries or Virginia some fries, but, uh, and, and provide that for him as long, uh, you know, as well as, you know, shoes, although shoes are getting ridiculous, you know, he's got these giant, he grows out of them every 10 minutes, but you know, shoes and coats and shirts and all those kinds of things uh, are important things to provide. And uh, in that same way, as a good father like myself wants to provide for his son, God is eager to provide what we need. And God longs, but God longs to see us do well. What the dad really wanted, what I really want, when I say to my son, give me a french fry, besides a french fry, what I really want is for the son to desire, my son to desire to share and to be someone who is willing to give, to have character and to grow into that gift of being someone who is willing to give and to share. Each man, this is Second Corinthians, each person should give what he or she has decided in his heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. What God wants from you and me is to instill within us this desire to share a portion of what we have been blessed with, to further the church, to bless other people, to, to help the poor not be poor anymore. But really it's the, the, just the desire to share what we have and the blessing that comes from that. It makes us a follower, a disciple of character. And it is a discipline that returns blessing to us. Uh, it is the reality is that it's all God's anyway, right? Who really owned those fries in the first place? I, you know, when Jack said, uh, when Jack says, I, I want my own fries, I could go, you know, I bought them, first of all. I bought them. I went and I, I worked a job. I shelled out the money. I bought the fries and I handed it to him, gave it to him. Uh, who bought, who owned the fries? I own the fries, right? I own the fries. So really it belongs to me anyway. I'm just, I'm just being, you know, I'm giving them over to Jack to, to manage for a while. And uh, so, you know, what it really means to follow Christ is to acknowledge Christ's ownership of our life. Ownership of our heart and our soul. Ownership of not only those spiritual things, but those temporal things that God has provided for us as well. Who has ownership? Christ has ownership. It was bought and paid for with the blood that, uh, that, that He shed on the cross. And it was, uh, it was shared as Jesus rose from the cross, rose from the tomb, and lives in us today. And is here to collect, <laughs> as it were, our life and to manage it with us. And so, you know, we have given ourselves in that way to God. And besides that, Psalm 24 says, The earth is the Lord's and everything in it. The world and all who live in it belongs to God. Who owns it? God owns it. Who owns us? God owns us. The other thing is this, is, is to understand that God is all-sufficient. You know, I didn't really need to ask anyone for fries. I could go up, uh, you know, if I was flush that day, I could go up to the counter and I could say, fries for everybody. 
Let's all have fries, you know, and I could, sh I could shell out some money and get, buy a ton of fries and, and have plenty. That's what I could do, right, if I wanted to waste my money that way. The dad didn't really need to ask for fries. If he wanted, he could just go up there and, and slap down a $100 bill and get all the fries he wanted. In the same way, God says this in Psalm 51, I have no need of a bull from your stall or of goats from your pens, for every animal in the forest is mine and the cattle of a thousand hills. You know, if, God, if it is God's desire that this congregation thrive and do well, God could just, you know, pour a bunch of money out onto the, play, onto the ground and say, pick it up, it's yours, go ahead. But God wants, so it can't, it must not be about the money, right? It must be about our relationship with money and our relationship with God. God wants us to want to give a portion of what we have. God wants us to take ownership of the ministry here in this church. God wants us to struggle and fight for it. God wants us to give sacrificially so that the kingdom of God might thrive in the world we live in today. God wants us to recognize that what we have comes uh, on the heels of so many people blessing us and God blessing us in so many different ways. That to ask a small portion of that is really minute. And God wants us to have the ability to come to God with thanksgiving in our hearts and say, God, all that I have is Yours. And this symbol acknowledges that. This symbol of my committing to giving to You a portion of my resources over the year. And I, you know, I, we're talking about money specifically because we're getting ready to put together our budget. But I'm also talking about this all applies to your time and to your talent as well. Right? A portion of your time really is not much to ask to build the kingdom of God in this world we live in. Amen? Amen. All right, that was tepid. <laughs> so, uh, God, God is all sufficient and can provide everything we need. But God wants more than just throwing everything at us. God wants us to step up to the plate. And God longs to bless us with this. And when I say bless, I don't mean giving to the church like some is some kind of get-rich-quick scheme. Sometimes I hear pastors talking about, about giving. And it's because the Bible kind of lends itself to this, right? That if you give, if you're faithful, that God will give back to you. Well, and I think that's true. But it's not some get-rich-quick scheme. And it's not something that... That it's not a way of manipulating God into giving you money. It's not a formula for getting out of money trouble. Right? Sometimes people in desperation they say, Well, I'll give I'll give what I what I have to the church and then God will will take care of my money problems. You know, God's not uh, giving to the church is not going to make you a better money manager, believe me. Uh, sometimes you have to do that hard work. But I believe that giving blesses because it puts our heart in the right frame as we go through our lives. By giving a portion of our money to God first, even when it's difficult, uh, it is acknowledging that your faith for the future 
is in God. Not in material resources. Not in the security of the money you have saved up. Not in even the security of your job. Because we all know all of those things could fall apart at any moment. What doesn't fall apart is the faith we can have in a God who loves you, who longs to bless you, and who is willing to walk with you through any storm you come, come into. And that has nothing to do with money. That has to do with where's your faith? Who are you going to believe? What are you going to bet on in regards to how your life is going to go? Is it going to be those temporary and temporal things? Or is it going to be something bigger like God? Because God is waiting to bless you. Luke says this, and again, it's not a genie in a lamp kind of a thing, but it says this, Given it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over will be poured out into your lap. For the measure, measure you use, it will be measured to you. And the thing of it is, is as we come into a right relationship with our money, with our resources, the blessings that come on the heels of that cannot be enumerated and cannot be understand from a financial perspective. The blessings that come on the heel of being in right relationship with God and right relationship with the things of this world are thousandfold. And that's what Luke is talking about here, or Jesus in Luke is talking about. That those blessings will pour into your lap because you've put things in perspective and you've allowed God to be in first place in your life. And again, it's not some magic formula, but money is so important in our lives. And it is. It's a significant thing. It's an important thing. And how we relate to it directly reflects and directly uh, affects the way we relate with God. Let us pray. God, as we consider our finances, our resources, our means, our security, our ability to respond to Your call to support the ministries of this church and the many other worthy causes out there, we recognize that it is a reflection of our faith in You our ability to say, yes, God, I'm willing to give a portion, even, even though it's uncomfortable, even though it's scary and fearful, even though I'm nervous about it. My faith is in You. As we are able to do that, God, we know that You will bless us in many ways. That You will bless this ministry because of the ownership taken by those who are gathered here. And it will bless those we touch through our giving and through the ministries of this church. God, we thank You for the gift of being able to return to You in thanksgiving. We ask all this in the precious and powerful name of Christ. Amen. Normally we would have a... Uh, a uh, song here but since we got to sing with the choir we skipped it because this is a time i'm going to invite us into a time of discernment and this is 
Again, I apologize to those who are just visiting here. This is, uh, this is really a time when I'm talking to the folks who, who call this church their home. Um, you know, it's, it's, the time is now when I'm going to give you a moment of silence, uh, although uh, Aaron's going to play. And I just want you to prayerfully think about um, how you approach giving to the church. Uh, you know, I'm gonna, I'm, I have been to, first of all, you need to know, I don't know who gives to the church and who doesn't or how much. I don't see that. There's only, there's only a couple of people who do the calculations and they send out your stuff for tax purposes. I don't see all of that. My assumption is that you all give to this church. But I've been told that there are some who don't, who never have. And, uh, you know, I don't know what the reasons are. I don't know what's going on there. But I want to say this that you miss out on a blessing uh, and you miss out on the spiritual discipline that comes from being able to say uh, I'm, I'm committing God this portion of my resources to you and so I really want to encourage you if, if, if this is the first time you've ever thought about giving to the church in a very specific way I encourage you to be intentional that's what this is about it's about having an intentional approach to the discipline of giving not just some of us, you know, some of us give whatever happens to be in our pocket that day or if we're particularly moved that day. Kind of, and that's kind of haphazard giving. We, we appreciate it. But for your sake, to commit to God in a more intentional way is going to be an important discipline for you as you grow in your spirituality, as you grow in your walk with Christ. And so I encourage you, if you have never if you have never made that kind of commitment, if you've never done it that way, I encourage you to think about what you would, even if it's a tiny portion, even if it's five bucks a week or a dollar, you know, whatever the portion is, but the commitment is what's significant. To make that commitment to God and to say, you know what, I'm thinking about the amount that I have and my ability to commit that to you. And then, so, you know, I was talking to someone this morning who said, well, you know, I'm not always sure I can make that. And I say, well, that's not a problem on the church side. Uh, you know, we know that things happen. And you can change your pledge at any time. And, and if you miss your pledge a little bit, you know, we understand that things go on. We usually, you know, I usually know what's going on. You know, a lot of people, we know what's going on. We're a close family, right? We know when things are tough. But what I told this person was, that's when you start need to, t- if, if you're short, if you're, if you're tight and you're unable to make that commitment, that's when you go to God and you say, God, I made this commitment to you uh, and I'm struggling to make it happen. Can you help, you know, help me with this? Help me, help me figure this out. Boy, then you start to see some blessings happen, right? Because you've suddenly turned this issue over to God. Instead of worry, because unless you're like me, you sit and worry about it yourself. But when you've made this commitment, all of a sudden you have to go to God with that. You don't have to explain anything to me. I don't know what you've committed. But being able to go to God with that and say, God, I've, I'm struggling with this. Help me out. And you and God together will figure out what needs to happen so that uh, you can be faithful to your commitments. So if you've never done that, I encourage you to. to Take up this discipline of being intentional in your giving over the year. The other thing I would say is that if you have been a giver for a long time, if this has been a normal part of your life, 
uh, I want to encourage you to to step it up a little bit more. If you are not giving a, a you know, the Bible suggests a ten percent of your income is what's appropriate. If you're not giving at that level, I don't expect you to just jump into ten percent right away. It's a hard discipline to get used to. I encourage you, like if you're giving at two percent, one percent, whatever, step it up maybe just one percentage point. If you're giving two percent, think about what three percent would be and, and put that down and try and stretch yourself a little bit. I, I can tell you on the average uh, according to Gary Felker, who did some math somewhere along the way, the, uh, the, and this is true across nationally in Baptist circles, uh, Baptists give about 3% on an average. So I'm encouraging us to, to break those odds and to step it up just a little bit more and to give, uh, to give a little more and, and to ease yourself into it, I guess is what I'm telling you, is giving you permission to ease yourself into it. So I'm going to stop talking. And uh, as you're, after the benediction, Aaron's going to play. You're going to have a few moments. And when you're done, when you're ready, I'm, I invite you to come up and, and uh, place your, your sealed envelope in the horn of plenty up here as you leave the uh, sanctuary. And then I want to invite you to come up and join us for a, a feast of Thanksgiving upstairs. Lots of food prepared. There's tons. So, uh, you know, come and enjoy that together. And let's, uh, let's enjoy a meal as a family. So now receive the benediction. May the Lord go with you, abide within you, and work through you today and forevermore. Go in the love and the joy and the peace of Jesus Christ. Amen.